0: The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside thee. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables saying, listen, a sower went out to sow and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Let anyone with ears listen, hear, then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet, such a person has no root, but only endures for a while. And then, when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields. In one case, a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Growing up, I loved the musical Grease, and in the climactic drag race scene between Danny Zuko of the T-Birds and Leo Balmuto of the Scorpions, just before they take off, Leo looks out the window to Danny and says out of his car, rules are there ain't no rules. (laughs) And it's such a cheesy line, but we loved it growing up. And... Me and my siblings, we always say that line to each other and laugh at how ridiculous it sounds, especially when you say it with the same dramatic tone that Leo in the film uses. Rules are, there ain't no rules. But I was reminded of this line as I was preparing this sermon today. Because over and over in our scripture texts, we either have characters breaking or bending the rules, or we're being told by Paul in Romans that we've been set free from the law, or we could say, the rules of sin and death. Take, for instance, Jacob in our story from Genesis today. We heard last week about the love story between Isaac and Rebekah, Jacob's parents, and this week we now have Isaac and Rebekah's birth story. After their waiting, God blesses them with two sons Twins, Esau and Jacob. Even at birth, though, we know that this story won't be the conventional play-by-the-rules firstborn inheritance story, as Jacob comes out of Rebekah's womb with his hand on Esau's heel. Thus indicating Jacob's desire to upset Esau's status as the firstborn son, Vert the social customs, and the expectations that would favor the firstborn. Later in the story, Jacob gets his opportunity to steal his older brother's birthright. He exploits this moment of tiredness after Esau comes home from a long day in the field. Esau is vulnerable and famished. And in his weakened state, Jacob convinces Esau to swear his birthright to Jacob in exchange for some stew that Jacob has prepared. Jacob seizes this opportunity here to break the birthright rules, and in a less than compassionate way to his brother's needs, and in a rather deceitful way, if you ask me. And while I don't want to emulate Jacob's compassionless deceit in the story, in the spirit of this kind of rule-breaking first reading, That we have. I'm not going to preach by the rules today. Instead, I'm not going to preach with the text, this parable of the sower that we have in our gospel today. Instead, I'm going to preach against this text. Because I'm not going to lie, this text brings up some anxiety for me when I start wondering what kind of soil am I in this parable? Because reading this text at face value, it can leave you with an overwhelming fear that you may not be like the good soil. Like, how do we even assess what kind of shape our soil is in? I don't know about you, but for me, all of a sudden, my mind rushes to the conclusion that maybe God has been planting seeds in me and they haven't lived because the soil of my life is rocky or thorny or being invaded by birds. But when my mind goes, close to that place of fear anxiety the grace that i can turn to it can be summed up in a quote by the great jeff goldblum from the classic film jurassic park life finds a way and what i mean by this is that i know life is stronger than death so instead of fretting over the soil of my life and trying and failing to make it ready to receive the seeds that god is sowing I can trust that no matter the soil of my life, that life will find a way within it. Tupac Shakur, the rapper, he wrote a poem that eloquently captures the essence of this resilient life force. His poem is called The Rose That Grew from the Concrete. And it, grow, and it goes like this. Did you hear about the rose that grew from from a crack in the concrete, proving nature's law wrong. It learned to walk without having feet. Funny it seems, by keeping its dreams, it learned to breathe fresh air. Long live the rose that grew from concrete when no one else even cared. In the third line of that poem, Tupac writes that the rose that grew from the crack in the concrete, it proved nature's rules wrong. In other words, the rose doesn't play by the rules of nature. It grows where it's not, quote unquote, supposed to grow. It grows despite being planted in a crack in the concrete. Dear people, that is the way of God, making a way where there is no way. And that's why God, our sower in our text today, God is not stingy with the seeds. Because God can bring life from anywhere, even the most death-stricken places, even the worst soil. God's abundant sowing of seed from the outside, it looks almost reckless, especially in light of today's agricultural practices where farmers plant just the right amount of seed in just the right soil with just the right placing, using GPS systems to produce the best harvest. In contrast, God, our sower, is just spreading seed willy-nilly all over the soil, even in the cracks in the concrete. And to our efficiency-minded brains, that's just wasteful. God is breaking all the rules of restraint and efficiency here. But in God's reality, the rules of scarcity do not apply. Because in God's reality, there is only abundance whether the soil is ideal or not God spreads the seed liberally because God knows that life will find a way where there is no way the rules of death cannot stop this life from happening no bird can snatch away that seed of life no sun can scorch the roots of that life Nor no thorn can choke that life from finding a way and what a countercultural contrast this provides to our current world, where the rules of sin and death seemingly have a hold on us. We witness fascist appeals to law and order, and politicians falling over each other to try and establish themselves as the law and order candidate. Especially in response to the recent uprising of Black Lives Matter, protests. We've heard this law and order phrase repeated over and over. Just a cursory dive into the history of that phrase reveals its roots in racism. Using the southern strategy to increase support among white voters by appealing to racism in a time when racial tensions were deepened following the end of Jim Crow, the civil rights movement, and the race riots of the 60s, It was Richard Nixon, who was really one of the first politicians to use this phrase, to leverage that phrase to win the presidency in 68. And it's not just the history of this law and order phrase that is problematic, but the real racist oppression of mass incarceration and police brutality that is waged upon our black, indigenous, and siblings of color when this phrase is wielded by those in power. It leaves me wondering, how can we as Christians even call for law and order and entrust such a racist system to deliver justice? So instead of calling for law and order, I say we must call out law and order for what it is, a racist dog whistle. Because as followers of Christ, we have been set free from the laws of sin and death. And in the famous words of Leo Balmuto from Greece, the rules are there ain't no rules. Just our response to the love and grace we have experienced through Christ's death and resurrection. Christ is victorious over death and has sown in us a victory garden with seeds of freedom planted in the soil of our life watered by our baptism. And these Seeds, they give way to life-giving fruit. Through the example of the rule breakers in our scripture today, like Jacob and Paul and even God, our profligate sower, we are invited to not follow the rules, but instead to follow Christ. And through following Christ, we respond to that love and grace we have in Christ, by extending that love and grace to others. Amen.